Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Coco Show. I'm your good buddy, Amigo Aaron. Also with me today, your other good buddy, the Brent. Hi, everyone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Trying to lay out the helium, dude. So, we're back with another edition of the Coco Show. I think this will yes. be a fun edition because we both sort of had a personal... Uh, uh, personal experiences with this game from back in the day. Of course, me and Brent, we both owned the old TRS-80 car computer 2 back in the day and then the 3. Brent, you know, I was thinking today, because this game was one of my earliest memories of the uh, Coco, or any game I ever played. Do you have any thoughts on games that you used to play back in the day, like real early into your uh, introduction to the Coco? I only remember three distinct games. Right. I mean, games that I was just mad about uh of course as long watchers of the show will know my only true love dallas dallas quest on the old uh coco Man. my number one game of all time oh, we know uh and then we had time bandits yeah also an incredible classic uh, it's a very good game and, and uh the old wrestling game we used to play wrestlemaniac uh, which, you were that's the about. one I ordered uh, that out of the back of a, of a magazine. I believe out of the back of a rainbow. I've still got that game, believe it or not. It's one of the things, of all the things I get rid of for the Coco, that I don't, I'll have to dig it up, but I think it's still around. Uh, it came, I remember when I got it, it came in a, in a uh, mailing pouch with a, photo, with a Xeroxed instruction manual on the disc. We did play that a lot, and it was, a, it, for what it was, I enjoyed it. It was a fun game. Oh, it was fun. It was a fun game. Yeah, I mean, okay. Was it a good game? Um, no. No, it wasn't a good game. But it was a fun game. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny. The first bunch of games I saw, I still sort of remember them. Uh, one of them was Poltergeist. Uh, one was today's game. And then there were a couple more. I believe Astro Blast was one that I'd seen early on. Uh, also, not the Donkey King... Uh, but uh, the uh, the lesser, I think it was like Donkey Monkey was another one I saw early <laughs> on, and I remember thinking, "Yeah, that's not that that's not that good." But I mean, it was okay. Still, I mean, if you compared it to what was available, uh, it looked pretty good. Uh, but uh, do sure. you remember the first? What was the first game that really snagged you? Was it Dallas or was there? Oh, it Dallas yeah. Quest. I mean, there were a lot of action games uh, that were always fun to play on the on the uh, Coco. But the thing with the Coco, and, and I remember this distinctly, is we had a lot of games, right? And I All would play legal. one. Yeah, I would play one for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and then I would put it in the pile, and I would go to the next yeah. one. And I would do that continuously, and I would think to myself, I, I remember this as a little child, I'd be like, this was a really good one. I'm going to have to play some more of this. But then it would just get shuffled into the, the disc caddy of Doom, and I would never be able to find it yeah. again. It's funny. I remember uh, playing games back in the day. There's one game where you went around and explored a dungeon, all right? And I remember it, and I have yet to find it. And I've been looking for the past couple years now. I mean, it would. I, it couldn't have been a. It couldn't have been one that wasn't popular because it was too good. But I've yet to find it or see what it was. And it, it was the exact same situation. It was one I played, and I've just for. I, it just got put back in the shuffle, and I've done forgotten the thing. And here's the thing with with uh, TRS eighty games. Uh, 
there are first of all they're numerous yeah. right um and they're they're all there's a great number of mediocre titles uh, uh, yeah. you know not to diss the system but it is well, what I mean, it is yeah, every machine's like that sure yeah. uh and it's really really good games and it's really really bad games are like 10% right like 10% of the system. And then you've got a lot of that middle ground. Now, the upside to this is it's always fun to pull a random TRS-80 game out of the mix and know that you're going to get at least something of adequate quality. Some of these other systems, you put a game in, and to be completely honest, the NES is one of the worst about this. You put a game in... And 20 minutes into playing it, you're like, how did this ever get released? How did this make money? The one I th- Who does this appeal the to? The system I think about when it, when it comes to that sort of thing is like the is the is the GBA, and the game and 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 th- that's another one. And they, all the handhelds are victims of that, where they they yeah. they've got uh so many so numerous the titles on it, but you've got so much garbage to go through. And when you want to, especially when you're a retro gamer and you're kind of trying to go back and find those hidden gems, you're going to be sitting through a lot of Barbie's Playhouse and uh, uh, (laughs) Army Man 28 and all this other stuff to try to go there and mine something that is different. We've been fortunate on ARG that, to find some hits. We do. If you consider the mountain of software, we've actually, the, one of the funny things about that show is, uh, we pick it from systems that sometimes only have 10, 12, 20 games. And so you're, yeah. <laughs> at least you know, it's like, okay, it's gonna, one of these is probably at least halfway decent. But you're, I agree. I think the Coco actually, the percentage of good games is higher than 10%. I'd put it more in a realm of 20. I think there's a ton of good titles in the Coco. I could be just talking out from my heart. But I, I, I think the Coco, I, uh, I mean, a lot of the games and even the stuff that are cloney, I think they had some of the best clones of all times. And so, when you've got a lot of great clones, I think it makes the percentage go up, in my opinion. Well, the thing with clones, and I know this isn't the right way to think about it, uh, because this is thinking about it from a here-and-now standpoint, but I always have trouble playing clones because I can always just go play what the clone was is a copy of, yeah. right? And it makes it hard for me to get excited about a clone. Especially if it's a clone and it's just trying to be the the game, right? If if it's a clone and it adds something new, that excites me. But if like Donkey Kong, perfect example, the Coco has a great version of Donkey Kong. Yeah, but I could just go play Donkey Kong. I guess the so counter that is if you look at the Sailor Man, where they add, it's a great port of Papa. Plus they add some stuff to it. They add the invisible Well, that's what level. I'm saying. So, yeah, I can when see where you you're coming stuff, from. Yeah. I, I have great appeal. But if you're just cloning something, and all all the old systems cloned you know, tons and tons of arcade games, because that's what was popular at the time. But uh, for me, I, I don't even know if I put that into a good game, bad game category. I like looking at everything else. Or at least if it's a clone of something, I don't want to know the originals out there. I want to find it on the system that I'm playing and be like, this is a great game. You know, I don't don't want to know if it's a clone. Well, one thing to consider, obviously, is that clones were around because you couldn't play the real thing. That's the whole point. I I know, I know. Like I I said, I'm looking at it from 
present that's Brent, the way, not then If you Brent. listen to Pixel Gate and Cody's the exact same way, he doesn't understand why anyone would play a clone of an arcade game because you could go play the arcade game, which is true. You know, it's not like I'm loading up a lot. I'm not playing a lot of Genesis Mortal Kombat, for example, if I could just go play Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But I think the Coco's got enough unique titles and unique takes on stuff that I, I still like to go back and check them out. But, of course, I'm a homer when it comes to the old... Uh, when it comes to the old Coco. So, you know, we searched around this week at, to uh, pick a game, and I picked something. I picked this one, and uh, I picked it for a bunch of different reasons, but one of the reasons is it was literally one of the first games I ever saw on the Coco, and it worked out pretty well because my brother's, uh, cause my brother's uh, incredible um, love of the game that it's, that it's cloning. And that game is, is of course... You've got your old-fashioned Mega Bug. We gotcha. Now, yeah, that's right, Mega Bug, and there's the dance. Mega Bug uh, was programmed by the very famous Steve Jork, uh, and it came out in the year of our Lord, 1982. Uh, and this game had multiple releases and multiple titles, which I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but if you've never played Mega Bug, hey, listen, it was 1982, uh, Brent. What was the number one game in all the land? Yeah, eighty-two. It's Pac-Man time, gang. That's right. <laughs> and by the way, tell the people how obsessed you were with Pac-Man as a child. I, I was up there. Was and how that, old were was, you at eighty-two? Was Pac-Man? Uh, I would have been what five, six, yeah. depending on what part of the year. Brent, Brent had Pac-Man bedspread, Pac-Man curtains, Pac-Man trash can. Pac-Man the board game, Pac-Man Pac the board shirt. game, yeah. <laughs> he had everything. In fact, I've got Pac-Man the board game up here now. But Brent loved, loved Pac-Man, yeah. didn't you? What was the appeal? Oh, I mean, a maze is easy to understand for a young tyke. And yeah. then anything where you could control something on the screen. I mean, yes, I, I kind of latched onto Pac-Man, sure. But to be yeah. completely honest, back when I was five... Anything where I controlled something on a screen was amazing. Yeah. So you <laughs> you have to understand that appeal of it too. Yeah. Well, that's that's yeah, I've mentioned that myself before. You know, Pac-Man, of course, was cloned ad nauseum. It was cloned by everything and a million times. We but we also had an Odyssey too. So we of course had Casey Munchkin on there, yes. which, which was uh, probably the, I mean, in my opinion, Brent. This was the premier clone of the day of Pac-Man, in fact, because it improved on the concept. Well, I was going to uh, say, I don't consider that a clone. Well, I mean, it is, but they... they no, just, I don't I don't agree. That's that is a, that's its a, own that's a conversation. Just like for, this is its own game. Yeah, that's a conversation for another time, I think. But Megabug, of course, this was a, this came from Datasoft and was licensed to Tandy who put it out. Uh, uh, Megabug is a whole different kettle of fish in a lot of ways from Pac-Man. You, for starters, you start with a huge, huge maze, uh, and or yes. your either side of the maze is flanked by these giant uh, ants. I guess is what you would call them, and gloves and shoes. And uh, of course, you've got the time your, the time plate at the top and the score at the bottom. Now, if that's all it was, it would just be a a maze game, right? Uh, this game, however, has a, a a gimmick, sort of a famous gimmick in that. Uh, you, uh, you. The action takes place inside of a magnifying glass that yeah. is over top of the board, and as you go through the maze, this thing ma it magnifies the points that you're at. Quite a programming feat, uh, I might add. I, I talked to, I reached out to one of my uh, buddies, uh, the ever popular uh, L. Curtis Boyle, 
who mentioned that uh, uh, Steve Jork had, was very proud of his ability to make this work in program. It was no difficult, no easy feat to have this happen on the screen. But as you go around the maze eating the dots, uh, the magnifier follows you around. So it's that's kind of neat. Uh, and you the maze is huge, and you're you're being pursued by eight bugs. Now, uh, Brent, when you first saw this game, uh, what were your thoughts? Can you remember the first time you saw it? Uh, no, I can't remember the first time I saw it, but I know the reason why this game uh, stuck with me so much was twofold. First of all, it talked, and the little ants did a dance yeah. every time they got you, which was both awesome and infuriating. Yeah. Uh, but two, this was... I mean, yes, this is a maze game. Yes, you're going around and you're eating dots, which are probably eggs or whatever. But since the maze was this giant landscape, and you could... You, it was focused on this one little bit... Uh, you could still see the bugs walking around in the maze, not in the magnifying right. glass. You had to really look, but they were there. And I thought it was very, I thought it was very interesting, uh, even do today, that you you can really strategize in this because you can just avoid the bugs completely if you focus more on the rest of the map than what's in the little magnifying glass. You have to, because this isn't a maze like Pac-Man, where there's always a way to get out from where you're going. There's always a path to travel. This maze has tons of dead ends, and that might sound like a bad thing, but it's really, really awesome because it makes you strategize about what path you're going to take. And you have to lure the bugs sometimes down into corners or away from you uh so you can loop around in one particular part of the maze and get out of a long uh, dead end, which is very neat. I think it's a very incredible concept because there are no energy pellets. There are no uh, uh, way to kill the ants that I'm aware of. It's not. That's right. So you, you just have to strategize and use your brain to, to trap these bugs or at least lure them to other parts of the maze while you go clear out a different part. You know... This game, it's an odd game. I look back at it now, and I play. You know, I played it this week, and it plays just like I remember it. Kind of slow, kind of, and the sound effects are good, but they're incredibly annoying. Da 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 da. da that noise oh, your makes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the the truth of the matter is, getting rid of the power pellets that really changes this from a to a, like a survival game. I don't necessarily think it's for the best. Uh, but that's just what they chose to oh, do. Oh, I do, because there's so... If you had a, a, this much of a sprawling maze with power pellets in the corners, because the corners are some of the most deadly parts, yeah. because they're usually down very long corridors. I mean, this is a maze. The, Pac-Man isn't in a maze. Pac-Man's on a stage. Yeah, this, this is a maze. This is a labyrinth yeah. maze. You're right, and... and uh, it's so huge. It's not. I, I've beaten. I've gotten past the first level of this before, and Clay, I even did it this week. But it's not something I've done often. And and also, it's and it's a combination of just getting bored before the <laughs> level ends, or just getting killed. Uh, as Brent mentioned at when we started this earlier, that when you are finally ran over by the enemy bugs, the two bugs on the sides of the screen scream, "We got gotcha. you." 
in a digitized voice, and then they do a little dance. This was, without a doubt, uh, the most memorable part of this game because your computer talked. Again, yeah. for, for people that are younger, they don't understand how what an incredible thing that was uh, to have your computer speak English to you. It was something you didn't ever think you'd see. So that was something I would often pull this out to show the computer off to my friends who couldn't believe that the computer could make a digitized sound. You know, and so that was something. This was, I believe it or not, between the magnifying glass and that sound. This was really sort of a a a, a, a beauty piece to show off. It was a, it was a good thing to show off your cocoa for, and it was something that I probably showed it off more than ever. And then we never finished playing the level. I was the that was the downside. Now I'll tell you, see, I that makes me incredibly sad. Well, I'm just saying it's because the truth. I think among maze type games. I think this is up there with Casey Munchkin because the epic size of the maze and the complexity of the maze is what makes the game. Yeah, if you get into it from as a not as a maze running game, not as a Pac-Man clone. Yeah, because that's really what it is with a, with a gimmick, and the gimmick is the magnifying glass. One thing I wish you could do is turn off the magnifying glass. I know no, that's the gimmick, but I, I would because love, restricting I, what you can see. I know the magnifying glass is dual purpose, right? Sure, it zooms in on your character and your surrounding, but it also blocks. It, so you can see the area right next to you, but then that medium zone area, you can't see. And then you can see the, the, the vastness of the map. So it adds the difficulty by blocking some of the vision you wish you had. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, speaking of difficulty, here's something I didn't know. I learned a lot researching this game, Brent, and here's something I didn't know. If you put this cartridge in and hold down the enter button when you turn on the computer, you will get double the amount of enemies. 16 enemies. To oh, real. So you're basically, effectively, uh, really adding a, a heft, hefty load of, of, uh, of uh, uh, difficulty to this. So, That's that'd be a heaping challenge. Something else, of course, I mentioned this runs on. This is the old 16K. Uh, this will run on any of the car computers with 16K. But one thing I also didn't notice, or didn't know until this week, was that this game was uh, uh, released on several different systems, uh, Brinster. And uh, amongst them, the original uh, it was released on the Atari 8-bit under the name Tumblebugs, and it was released also as a game called Magneto Bugs. But its main title, and this one here, I gotta tell you, this one blew my mind, was Dung Beetles. Dung Beetles. And this was a game that was released on the uh, Apple II, right? It was it was released by a guy named Bob Bishop. Now, I didn't know anything about Bob Bishop, so I looked him up. So I went over to his webpage, check out some of the accolades that uh, this fella's got connected to him. So... He got one of the first Apple IIs that rolled off the assembly line. His was number 0013. And by the end of the year, according to his webpage, he'd created the very first four Apple II graphics games listed as Rocket Pilot, Star Wars, Saucer Invasion, and Space Maze. It says here, in addition to creating those games, he created the first, he was the first person to enable the Apple II to generate human speech with a program called Apple Talker. And he was the first person to give the Apple II the ability to understand human speech with Apple Listener. So, good names. Now, this is a crazy one here. 
According to this, he did all the software for the nationally televised TV game show Tic Tac Doe. That one with Wink, one of the, well, one of the many with Wink Martindale. And according to this, they used nine Apple II computers for that show, which is crazy. So, get this, it gets better. And at 78, because uh, he was pretty renowned, he was invited by Steve Wozniak to join him in the Apple R&D group, which was basically Wozniak and him. So, <laughs> it's accolades, it's off the charts and very impressive. And if you look at these games side by side, uh, these games actually stack up remarkably well. I've got to say that uh, uh, Steve Jork did a great job uh, translating over Megabug. Now, I've heard uh, I heard rumors and uh, snippets from an interview that said that Jork didn't like Pac-Man games, didn't like Maze games, and never played this. wasn't a font, wasn't real fond of it. But I guess he was fond of the of the uh, uh, magnifying glass because it looks great. So some some crazy facts uh, behind this thing. Who'd have known that all this came uh, from the Apple II? I had really no idea. <laughs> Until you looked this stuff up, it was quite remarkable, Brent. Uh, but any, yeah, it, it is. It is interesting to see different uh, different games running that you never knew existed, but you played sort of the same game, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Inter- definitely interesting. Uh, where do you place this? I mean, what if you're gonna if you're gonna score this thing? What do you what do you think? I think this is a must play. Yeah, I really do. I think if you have uh, played Pac Man, you've played Maze games, and they have they do anything for you. I mean, on any level, I think Mega Bug is something you have to at least look at to get a different take on an actual Maze game rather than the Pac-Man version of a maze yeah. game. So, uh, I, I would, this is, if you have a TRS-80, you have to own this. I think this is good enough to buy. Really, a must-buy, eh? I, yeah. you know, if you found this for 20 bucks, if you found the cart version is for 20 bucks and you own a TRS-80 and you, you still play with it, this is a must-buy. Well, I did look this up on eBay, <laughs> speaking of that. Uh, you can get this boxed, uh, the whole enchilada box. Of course, the boxes are the old classic Coco, you know, the front cut out, that shtick. 30 yeah, bucks, garbage. you can get one of these. Uh, if you if you want a loose one, uh, cart, 7 to 15 bucks, and the manual is going for about 8 bucks, so you can piece something together there. Yeah, get get a loose cart. The boxes for the Coco stuff are always crap. Uh the manual, I, I, you know, I don't know if there's much in the manual. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Uh, but the game, certainly a worth buy. And like you said, it does show off something that the Coco can do that uh, computers of the era hadn't been doing yet. So yeah, it, definite pick up. It, it, definite pick up. For me, it's not what I would. It's not what I'd go back and play. I'll be honest with you. It's just I, I, oh. I found it sort of frustrating and kind of boring. I mean. But I mean, at the time when I was a kid, it's funny. Even as a as a kid, this isn't a game I played that much, but I did like showing it off. So, uh, along those lines, I can understand that. You know, it's it's funny. Eventually, we got the voice synthesizer for the Coco, and uh, this was doing voice without the synthesizer, and it was probably better yeah. voice. That's what's funny about it. Oh yeah, you know. But I think it was very clear. I mean, it was very obvious. They said, "We got you." Uh, there was no question. So uh, the voice part of it was, was spectacular. I do remember in our house when we'd watch someone play this and they would get caught 
we would all scream, we got you, and then we would all do the little dance. In fact, that little, I still use that from time to time because it that's something that you don't forget. It, and it, they didn't have to make those characters dance, but that that's part of it. I will yeah, say it that part makes so it, much. It makes it endearing, <laughs> frankly. That part where the, the little guys dance around. It's just sort of funny, man. I always, always enjoyed it. So there you go, Mega and One last thing to yeah. note one life. Oh, yeah. It was one and done in this yeah. game. The, the Coco, very rarely would you get multiple. <laughs> a lot of times they would just screw you. So a fun cartridge if that if you're into that sort of maze game, I think it's one you might enjoy. Uh, hey everyone, uh, we'd like to thank you for checking us out this week on the Coco Show. We're gonna knock one of these things out every once in a blue moon. Uh, we've got plenty of games to play because there's plenty of good stuff out there for the Coco. I'd like to thank everybody, all of our Patreons, all the guys in Discord. Everyone that's supporting us uh, and everyone that's checking us out on YouTube. Hey, if you're a new uh, viewer, please uh, click that subscribe button. Do us a favor. Give us a thumbs up. We'd appreciate it. We'll catch you guys again next week on the Coco Show. Until then, adios. We gotcha. <laughs>